Welcome back to the Straight Up Sports Talk Podcast. Hey, it's another edition of Weekend Prep, getting you ready for uh, week five in the NFL already. Hopefully most teams get to play. It's looking like that will happen. A couple of COVIDs going around. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of break down that for you in this episode because there's been a lot this week surrounding the NFL, which was to be expected. So, uh, Sam, you're here as usual. Um I want to get this podcast started. What was the strangest sports news that you heard from Monday when we recorded Monday Mayhem, you know, after that until now? Um, I'm going to have to go down to uh, Texas. I'm going to have to talk. We're going to, we may discuss this later in the episode, but Bill O'Brien being fired in the middle of the season, that's not even the craziest part. I don't know whether you saw on Twitter, it was reported that J.J. Watt and the defensive coordinator, I believe, got into a little bit of heated uh, argument with Bill O'Brien and Watt accusing Bill O'Brien of not being a coach, among other things, and that was just wild to me. That shows how much J- how much the players respect J.J. Watt, how much they like just rally behind him, and how much power he has on that team. Yeah, we will get to that later because I definitely want to talk about that. Yeah, the Texans fire him in the middle of the season. Uh, they also fire their general manager and their offensive play callers. So uh, the Texans have a lot of holes to fill. Um, and we'll get into that a little bit later in the episode. For me, I think I'm going to have to go with the Washington football team. You bench Dwayne Haskins. Not only do you bench him, you make him the third-string quarterback. You elevate Kyle Allen, who was uh, a quarterback for Ron Rivera last year in uh, Carolina. He says he knows the system a little bit better. We'll see. And you move Dwayne Haskins all the way to the third string. You move Alex Smith up as the backup quarterback who hasn't played since that horrific leg injury. Um, hopefully he's able to get uh, back out on the field soon because I, I think he's still got some good football left in him, um, a little bit left at least. But that was the most surprising news for me was not only benching Dwayne Haskins but moving him to the bottom of the bench and, and not trying to ride it out. Because personally for me, I thought the Washington football team – would try to ride out this year with uh, with Dwayne Haskins and see what he can do, see what he brings, and then you can move on from there. Obviously, they, they opt not to do that, and uh, they're going to go with Kyle Allen. Now, I have lost three straight, and they're one and three, but uh, you got a game this Sunday against the Rams. Does Kyle Allen really give them that much of an advantage over Dwayne Haskins? I don't really know the answer to that question. I think we all know that it's more than just – the quarterback situation in Washington. Yeah, and what's more confusing is they're right in the mix of the NFC East. We know how bad the NFC East is. The Eagles are currently the leader at 1-2-1 one, and one with that tie they suffered for the Bengals. So Washington's right there. So it's not like Dwayne Haskins as bad of a job or I would I don't want to say bad because he, I've seen stuff like he was under three different offense corners since he's been there. The uh, front office situation has just been in flux. We saw the things that happened over the weekend. And what's more surprising, I saw a stat comparing him to Daniel Jones, and it seemed like Daniel Jones, who's leading this team, leading the Giants team to an 0-4 record, is having a worse season. Yet he's keeping his job. Maybe it's because Kyle Allen's probably better than whatever backup the Giants have but at the same time like you're really going to take away a man's job when I don't think he's proved anything to deserve it but at the same time he hasn't done much to kind of like take him out he hasn't done a lot of picks he hasn't thrown a lot of touchdowns he's just done an okay job and I think that's what you get from Dwayne Haskins yeah I, I agree I you mentioned it they're right in the mix I mean they're in second place in the NFC East 
the NFC East that will forever have a seven and nine winner. It feels like, and I, I think we're on the way to that this year. The Cowboys at one and three. That's going to be hard to come back from. Uh, a one and three start is just not something you want to get off to. They've got uh, this week the uh, Cowboys play against the Giants. Hopefully they can get a win. I'm sure it'll be a close game. I think it'll be a 10-point game. But, uh, yeah, they they got, a, they got a must win here for the next couple of weeks where their schedule kind of eases up. Giants, Cardinals, Washington, and then the Eagles. So uh, maybe they can kind of turn their season around. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, same like you mentioned, the NFC East kind of looking like a dumpster fire uh, as usual. All right, let's get to some – some news that, that came out, uh, it's been coming out pretty much all week. The COVID situation in the NFL, the Titans may or may not play this weekend. So they received zero positives on Monday and Tuesday. No positive test is looking good like they would be able to play this weekend. Wednesday, they received two positives, and they were they were players. It wasn't team personnel, coaches, anything. It were players. And then today, they, they recorded another positive test. So... Based on the research that I've done for the Titans to be able to play uh, this week, and their their facilities are sh- still shut down. I mean, they're going to be shut down all week. They have to present two straight days of no positives, and then not a single positive on game day. Sam, I think the the likelihood of the Titans playing before next weekend, not this weekend, but before next weekend, I think is very very slim. Yeah, and not to mention we saw the news that they reportedly had conducted an illegal practice beforehand. So it's just like I think the Titans, they've talked about uh, possibly the Titans forfeiting this game because it kind of just hurts the Bills when they have to play. They were talking about doing it Monday, but then the Bills have a game on um, uh, Thursday. Thursday the following week against the Chiefs. So it's just like you're putting the Bills in a bad situation by violating the rules that the NFL told you beforehand of you're not allowed to practice the stadium shut down and I was fine with last week I thought it was just a coincidence whatever it's a mishap it happens they bye week they kind of screwed the Steelers in the process but it was okay you don't have any bye weeks you you put up this practice it looks fishy to me you get more positives probably as a result of that practice and you put the you put another team just like in a bad situation now, to me, I, I don't think they're going to play this weekend. I agree with you. But I, I think you got to talk about the potential of them forfeiting the game. Yeah, I, I want them to play this weekend. I think that we will see something from the commissioner, from the league office uh, tomorrow, which we're recording this on Thursday. So I think we'll see something. If you're listening to it on Friday, the day it comes out, I think we will see something today from the league office, if we haven't already. Uh, you know, we're recording this at four o'clock on Thursday afternoon, so any news after this won't be on here. But um, yeah, I think I think the Titans don't play this weekend. I want them to play. I don't think they will. I don't know if, if the NFL will extend the season. It's not as easy as some people might think. Uh, I initially proposed before the season start make a two week buffer uh, at the end of the season to to finish any COVID canceled games because at some point you're just going to have to move on and not be able to play those games. Um, but they're potentially talking about them playing on Tuesday. And, again, that messes the Bills up because they're supposed to play on Thursday. Then they would play on Saturday. Um, and so it's just been a whole kind of mess uh, with the NFL. Now, a lot of people say we're comparing this to the Miami Marlins situation. If you remember at the beginning of the MLB season, the MLB did not for the bubble just like the NFL and they had a bunch of positives, right? Where were these positives come from? You know, they, they, were, they were canceling games left to right. 
do you think this is a Miami Marlins situation to where it's going to be, you know, this week, maybe next week, maybe the next next week after that, we deal with COVID cases, and then after that, they figure it out? Because the MLB got it figured out, and they didn't really have any hiccups since, since you know, they got it figured out with the Miami Marlins situation. Can you compare this to the Miami Marlins situation? I don't think you can because when you look at the MLB solution, which was pretty smart in the seven-inning doubleheaders, you can't do that in the NFL. You can't do a, um, instead of four quarters, three quarters, and then double-head it. Like, and there's not enough time frame. Like, you can only play one game a week. You have 16-game weeks, as far as we know right now. And it screws up the season where the Titans already used up their bye, and they don't, as you mentioned, they don't have a buffer at the end of the season, so you can't do any wiggle room with that. It's just all sorts of messed up. I don't think you. It's it's not it's not as easy as comparing apples to apples because it's not in the situation. Because as I mentioned, it's you, there. It's tough to come by a solution in a sport where you can only play it one game a week. You need practice, which the Titans haven't done so far. It's it's just tough. Yeah, and and the NFL is considering. You make the playoffs based on win percentage, which is what the MLB did because not everybody played the same amount of games, but. Um, you know something that I was just kind of brainstorming right here is well you could you could pl- have them play on like say you know you get back from all this you know down the road the Titans to make up these games you could play on Sunday and then Thursday and then maybe turn around and play again on Monday that is a lot and plus you know it wouldn't be really feasible because you have to have an opposing team and an opposing team you know with their schedule figuring all that out, I think it's going to be a big cluster I hope the NFL figures it out you know pushing the Super Bowl back a week is not not as good uh, or not as easy as people might think it might be. So we'll just see what happens and, and and try to keep you updated. And that's why you need to follow us on Twitter, Straight Up Sports Talk. We'll keep you updated there. Uh, the other team that has kind of been affected by COVID is the Patriots. Stephon Gilmore, he tests positive on Tuesday. So he now joins Cam Newton and Bill Murray, who's on the practice squad. He joins those two guys on the COVID list. The Patriots still planning to, to host the Broncos Sunday at 425. I think it's interesting that no other Patriots have tested positive. It's a good thing, but no other Patriots have tested positive, and uh, the Patriots looking like they're going to play Sunday uh, against the Broncos at home. Yeah, when you said when you put Bill Murray in the chat, I thought you were talking about the comedian, so I was wondering now, where you were going with <laughs> I know, yeah. I know. I put that in there when I was prepping. I was like, you know what? This sounds like the comedian but no he is a practice squad player for the Patriots and the difference between the Titans and the Patriots is they haven't had an outbreak so you have two um, main players in one practice squad I think if it got over a certain amount like I'm not sure the cap the the NFL would want but maybe if it got over five to ten the NFL would consider probably postponing but as far as we know it hasn't spread to any other members so now that it's contained within two members as far as we know I think the game should just go on as normal that as as bad as the Patriots really need Cam Newton and Stephon Gilmore they'll just have to deal with that because at the end of the day it's better than being the Titans and not knowing when you're going to play again yeah that, that's very true and uh you know you take the the Titan player that goes on the COVID list today with the positive test, and then everybody tomorrow tests negative, there is a, still a potential for them to play on Sunday. So uh, let's hope that that can happen. But uh, until then, we, we won't really know um, what what's going to happen. Sam, I wanted to, to ask you, I I don't know, have you seen, I, I haven't seen it, 
Are the Patriots planning on starting Stidham or Hoyer on Sunday if their game goes off against the Broncos? I, you know, you saw uh, the Patriots bench Hoyer uh, at the end of their game and the end of their loss to the Chiefs. Put Stidham in. He actually let him down and scored, uh, but ultimately lost the game. You starting Stid? I mean, if you're Bill Belichick, are you starting Stidham or Hoyer on Sunday against the Broncos? Um, I th- I think it makes more sense. I like this isn't official by any means, but I think it makes more sense for Jared Stidham to start. I know we saw that him kind of uh, throw a pick late in that game, and it was an awful look. But he still got you a touchdown. Not only that, Brian Hoyer was demoted for him. So it doesn't really look good to bench Brian Hoyer for the game, then bring him back in. Like That would basically be like the Bears benching Mitchell Trubisky for Nick Foles and then next game starting him again. Like It just doesn't make sense for the team. You you have Jared Stidham potentially for your future. We're not really sure what he is there yet for, but we assume since they drafted him, he's kind of there for the future. So I'd say give the reps to Stidham, play him against the Chiefs. If he does bad enough, go back to Hoyer, but I think it makes most sense to move forward with Jared Stidham. Yeah, and the Broncos, they're not really a, you know, they're a threat, but they're, they're dealing with their own injuries mm-hmm. themselves. So I, I do think you go with Stidham here. You, you obviously pulled Hoyer for a reason. Um, and, yeah, I, I think that's who they will go with. I don't think they've actually announced that yet. Uh, I haven't heard any word from that. But we'll just have to keep keep an eye on that um, as well. But, but the Patriots game playing the uh, Broncos, hosting the Broncos this Sunday uh, in the late window, 425. Uh, Non-COVID related, though, Sam, Lamar Jackson didn't hasn't practiced at all this week. Knee injury um, hasn't practiced concern for Lamar Jackson playing on Sunday? They've said it's not a major injury, but concern for uh, you? I've not. I've heard it's more precautionary. Like we've seen with many other athletes, we see Tom Brady miss practice. Just to hold him out, give him a few days of rest. Just let him rest the injury because it may not be significant, but if he continues to practice, maybe he aggravates it. You don't have him available on Sunday. So I think it's more just them being cautious because we've seen many players like D-Hop don't, don't practice much of the week and then just come in game day fully ready, 100%. I think it, it's just more of a precaution to protect Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I think I think you're right, uh, but I do have concern. I think he will play on Sunday, but I do have concern that Lamar Jackson, if, if he keeps this up for the entire year, this is not good for him. If he's already dealing with a knee injury, possibly because of his play style and how he takes those hits, he's a mobile quarterback. If he's already sitting out because his knee is bothering him and he doesn't want to put any extra work on it until game day, that is a huge concern for me in the future. When you get late in the season, you know, week 12, 13, 14, it's only week five and he's doing this, major, major concern for me. Yeah, I, I could see what you're saying because if he's getting hurt now, he could get, he could be severely hurt later on and he might have to change his play style like we saw with RG3. He had those knee problems. It just kept escalating and forced him to really not be the same athlete um, that he was. But for right now, I'm just, I'm just cautious about it. I don't think there's much reason to panic. Lamar Jackson's been a tough athlete. I don't think he's missed a game up up until this point. Maybe I'm wrong, but he's been a fairly healthy athlete, even with his kind of um, 
unusual play style, more running than passing. But right now, I see what you're saying. I agree with what you're saying. But right now, I'm I'm just being cautious about yeah, it. Yeah, I think you know it's a big concern. His play style. I mean, how much are they? How much is his play style? I think over the next two years, it's going to change tremendously. I think he's going to go more to a passing quarterback. Maybe we'll see. But mm. if Lamar Jackson wants to be in the league for ten more years, he's going to have to change mm. something. Because if you're, I mean, it's week five. He's already, you know. We, we've seen this with older quarterbacks. I think Peyton Manning did it a few times. Where, or T.Y. Hilton even, what was it, last year, a couple years ago, he was battling injury, wouldn't practice all week, and he would show up to game day when he was battling that ankle injury. So um, we see it more with the more veteran players, but a yeah, big concern for me, Lamar Jackson. Uh, maybe an RG3 sighting at some point this season, trying to rejuvenate rejuvenate those uh, RG3 faithful. But uh We'll just have to wait and see with Lamar Jackson. I, again, I think he plays Sunday, but concern for the long run for me. Uh, Bill O'Brien, Sam, you, you mentioned it this is, as your strangest sports news from the week. They fire him after going 0-4 with the toughest starting schedule in the league. Um, should they? I mean, honestly, I'm going to give you my, my opinion, but I, wanna, I want you to go first here. You, do you fire Bill O'Brien, yes or no, if you're the owner of, of the Texans? Um, I fire him not because of the way, not because of the teams they played. They played the Vikings, Steelers, Ravens, and Chiefs, and those are hard. You mentioned it's the hardest starting schedule in the NFL. But just the way they've played, the decision Bill O'Brien made to make uh, to trade away D-Hop for an aging David Johnson after uh, I believe he tore his ACL or something a couple years ago, that just wasn't a smart move, and I think this is a sign of things to come. Yes, they did lose these four games. Maybe uh, maybe should have uh, been closer or whatnot, but I think this would have been a sign of things to come. Like, Let's be honest, when I was watching the Texans uh, team, the offense especially, you could correct me if I'm wrong, it just doesn't look the same that we saw a year ago with D-Hop, with Will Fuller. That offense was dynamic, explosive. Now you take away the threat of D-Hop, it's basically the Will Fuller show out there with, of course, you got Kenny Stills. You've got Brandon Cooks, who's looked mediocre at best. Like it, This offense, I think, under Bill O'Brien's uh, leadership was destined to fail, and I think the ownership was just ready to call it quits week four, and, and I support the decision. Yeah, I, I support the decision. A little surprising that it came this mm. early. I said, and I think I said this you know, last spring, the Texans should have hired a general manager. Mm-hmm. Get somebody in there that can get players. Bill O'Brien has way too much on his plate. I mean way too much on his plate. Play caller, head coach, general manager. That is way too much on your plate. I mean, you think about it. Some teams, that's three different guys mm-hmm. at you know full-time positions. So he had way too much on his plate. He couldn't focus in on coaching maybe he couldn't focus in on getting the guys to rally around him you know and to believe in him and his system uh he was wor- you know he's spending too much time worried about trading away his best wide receiver so i think that he had way too much on his plate do i think bill o'brien is a good coach eh, eh, maybe he'll probably bounce around the league as a coordinator for the next couple of years and maybe get another chance but i think he needed that general manager in there to you know, assist him. Mm-hmm. It's one thing if the head coach is, is also the offensive play caller. That's one thing. But to be the general manager also, way too much on his plate in my opinion. He couldn't get the necessary pieces, obviously, that he needed. They don't have an offensive mm-hmm. line. Um, 
and and you know it kind of just all just came together and and ultimately failed there for Bill O'Brien. Yeah, I'm there with you. Like, there's there's few people that can handle the responsibility, not just play calling, but GM and head coach. And we obviously know Bill Belichick's one of those guys. But Bill O'Brien was never one of those guys. I agree with you. They needed a GM from day one. Bill O'Brien, this was a team year ago that was up by 20 against the Chiefs that people just forget. And then they let let the the, uh, Chiefs come back in it. They obviously trade D-Hop in the offseason. Now we're at and I thought if Bill O'Brien just could have kept the piece together, maybe instead of trading D-Hop away, add, add a um, Kenny Stills and add a Brandon Cooks as a side piece, I thought this team could be a possible contender, possible playoff contender. They were up 20 on the Chiefs who were, who then became the Super Bowl champions. You're telling me this team can't, do, can't repeat that same success the following season? And I understand he didn't want to pay... D-Hop in a, an enormous amount, but he's worth it. You've seen what he's done on the Cardinals. You've seen the production he provides, and I think you've seen with the loss of D-Hop, this Texas offense go to a just a powerful, potent offense to just one that just like looks mediocre. Yeah, I I 100% agree. They went they went from a you know a good good decent offense that could put up points. They were up 20 against the Chiefs before they blew it. Um, Sam, most surprising through four weeks. Here, the Falcons being 0-4, the Packers being 4-0, or the Cowboys being 1-3. Most surprising. If you were to if you were to look at this, if I told you one of these would be true at the before the season started, which one would you have been most surprised about? So you said Packers, Cowboys, and what was the other team? Packers, Cowboys, and Falcons. Falcons. I, honestly, I'm going to be honest. I don't think any of those teams really surprised me. I, I would say the most surprising is the Cowboys. But, again, Packers went 12-4 and last season. Matt LaFour's done a tremendous job. I'm not surprised by the 4-0. Going to the Cowboys, 1-3. We've seen the Cowboys, I think, last season I had high hopes for them. They just seem to disappoint whatever reason. Maybe it's Dak Prescott, which I don't think it is. Maybe it's, it's definitely the defense. But it's just something in that locker room that just doesn't scream, we're going to get 10 wins. And then when you look at the Falcons, I've said it from the rooftops. I'm not a believer in Dan Quinn. I think these blown leads time and time again, not just in the Super Bowl, but this year has shown just the lack of um, lack of play calling, lack of just uh, head coaching ability that Dan Quinn has to finish games. And to be honest, I'm not surprised by any of these. I think the reason I said... The, the reasons I've said stand true, but I'm more surprised. I'm gonna throw another team in there that the Browns are three and one. That that's a team that I'm most surprised this season is doing this well. Yeah, I, I gotta agree with you there with the Browns, uh, especially when you look at their you know, their starting schedule. They obviously had two cupcakes in Washington mm-hmm. and the Bengals, but um, the Cowboys win was a definite surprise. You hang 49 points up on any team. That's pretty impressive. Uh, and I think after that week one loss, we're like, okay, typical old Browns, you know. But uh, they've turned it around uh, pretty, quite nicely, uh, to be honest. Um, I, I, of those three that I mentioned, I would go with the Packers. If I had to pick one of them, I would go with the Packers just because of the fact, you know, this offseason we heard so much about, oh, they drafted Jordan Love. Well, why'd they do that? Oh, this is going to – Aaron's going to be pissed. You know, this is not going to go well. He's going to be pissed at Matt LaFleur, blah, 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 blah. But he just hasn't been. I mean, if you have watched, if you have listened and watched his interviews that he does with Pat McAfee every Tuesday, he just seems like he's out having a great time. 
and that's dangerous. I, I think that is scary. If you're if you're another coach that have them on the schedule and you're and you're listening to those interviews every week, hmm. he's becoming scary because he's just out having a good time. He's not worrying about not having that uh, round one first round draft pick to throw to. He's not worried about his defense that might be a little uh, you know on the sketchy side. He's not worried about any of that stuff. He's just going out and playing football. So I think that is kind of something that. Uh, that should scare people about the about the Packers moving forward. He broke up with his girlfriend, and you know, he's just living life. Yeah, so. I I I have Aaron Rodgers on my fantasy team, so I love what he's doing. Like not just from a fantasy aspect, but as you mentioned, he's just having fun, and I think that's what the Aaron Rodgers we miss. I think. Uh, starting his career, he got that Super Bowl uh, win. He was living life, having fun. Over the years, he's kind of gotten a hardened shell. I don't know what that is a result of, but he's back to living life, just letting loose. He doesn't care who his weapons is. If he had the equipment manager step in, I'm sure he'd still be throwing for 300 yards. It's just the way he is. He's just so... He's just on another tier that I think people realize. Like, yes, we've talked about Russell Wilson, especially I have been for MVP. We see Josh Allen in the MVP race. Aaron Rodgers in the MVP race. Now, like, who who's going to be able to outshine the other to get one? Because we've seen Russell Wilson's just dominance. We've seen Josh Allen on pace to, I think, on pace for Lamar Jackson Mahomes levels. And now we've seen Aaron Rodgers just doing the having the time of his life with some scrubs from the practice squad. It's it. It's a fun season. I'm enjoying it. All this offense, all this just just craziness going on. Yeah, it's been fun to watch. They've been a fun team to watch. I enjoy it if they're on prime time. I like watching them every week uh, just because of the flow, the ebb and flow and nature of Aaron Rodgers to get things done. I think it is very, very impressive to me. All right, Sam, time for everyone's favorite segment. We don't actually know that, but <laughs> it's our favorite segment. Let's lock it down. Uh, we got some picks for this week. Sam, last week you went a, you went a solid one and one. Not terrible. Mm-hmm. Again, 500. You missed on the Cardinals minus three at the Panthers. Sam, don't count the Panthers out of the mm-hmm. NFC South race. They're two and two. Don't count them out. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wouldn't. I think Teddy Bridgewater's playing really, really well. Yeah, I'm there with you. Uh, I think I, I picked the Cardinals because everybody was high on them, and it seemed the safe, same, seemed the uh, relatively same pick, but. Now the uh, Panthers are tied with the Saints for the second in the division, only one game behind the Buccaneers at 3-1. The Panthers are looking like a team, I'm not going to say that are a contender yet, but just slowly they're starting to um, raise people's eyebrows. Without McCaffrey, two straight wins. Like This team, this team you got to not sleep on anymore. No, I don't think you can really sleep on anyone in the NFL on any given week. We've, we've seen that, and that's been proven. Uh, you hit on the Seahawks minus six at the Dolphins. That was a good pick. I, I think the Seahawks, it was a slow start to that game. The Seahawks eventually got it done. Um, for me last week, I had the Bucks to cover. They did, barely. Um, they covered seven against the Chargers. They came back from 24 to down 24 to seven. I also had the Raiders to cover. I think they were plus three and a half against the, um, oh, who are they playing? The Bills. They did not, so I went one and one. Sam, you're six and two overall. I'm five and three overall. Take me through who you're picking this week and uh, and why. Um, I'm taking the Buccaneers minus three and a half at the Bears. I think 
We saw the Bears, yes, stifle the Colts defense, but I think there's a different level between Phillip Rivers and Tom Brady. You see the weapons he has around him, whether it's Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Cameron Bray. I saw O.J. Howard suffer an injury, but you still got Rob Gronkowski. You still got Leonard Fournette. You still got Ronald Jones. So I think this is going to be a Buccaneers team that at least puts a touchdown on the Bears. I don't have a lot of confidence on Nick Foles. I think the Buccaneers defense has kind of slept on at times. I think they've proven uh, time and time again to uh, throughout the season to uh, have a few moments to step up, do their job, do uh, and then play better than expected. And then I've got the Giants plus nine and a half at the Cowboys. I think we, I think the Cowboys track record has spoke for itself. Their defense can't stop anybody. I know it's Daniel Jones, but I still expect him to put points on the board. I think they can cover at least nine and a half. Yeah, I don't think I don't know if the Cowboys have covered the spread once this season. In fact, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think they have. I mean, don't quote me on that. If they have, it's been once. Um, you know, in their lone win, they didn't even cover against the Falcons. Uh, they they. I don't. I don't think they've covered yet, Sam. I, I honestly don't. Unless they were underdog, double digit underdogs against the Seahawks. I'd have to look that up. But I don't think they've covered this season. I like that pick um, because I don't think the Cowboys can cover to save their lives. Uh, for me, I'm going to go – these are kind of – I don't want to call them risky, but they're they're out there. I'm going to go Dolphins 8.5 at San Fran. Um, Jimmy G may be coming back. Mostert's back, yes. But there's something about Fitz, Fitz Magic that keeps the Dolphins in the game on more occasions than not. I think it's a one-touchdown decision. But uh, that would give the Dolphins the 8.5-point cover. I'm going with the Rams minus 7.5. They're getting 7.5, or they're, uh, you know, giving 7.5 at Washington. Yeah, it's a West Coast going to the East Coast. I normally don't like those bets, but I'm going with it this week. I've hit on it once before with the Raiders at the Panthers in week number one, I think it was. I'm going Rams minus 7.5 at Washington. Yeah, the quarterback situation's been been flustered. Maybe Kyle Allen gets in there and balls out. I don't think he does. I think the Rams win uh, by at least 10. Uh, I'm going to give you some throwaway games, too. We haven't done this before, but I'm going to give you some games that, that I look at. I look at I look at the spread. I'm not going to bet them. One of them's Colts-Browns. Personally, I don't like to bet the Colts to win or lose uh, just because I'm a Colts fan, and you know, I just like them enjoying the game. I had put some same-game parlays and bet the over-under <laughs> on them before, which haven't have been successful, but I'm not betting Colts and Browns this weekend. The Colts are actually one-and-a-half-point favorites in Cleveland. I don't like it. The Browns are hot. So are the Colts. I don't know. Uh, I saw a stat that – it's a weird stat. Uh, I was watching some sort of, of betting YouTube video, but it was a stat that says – uh, that a team who puts up more than 40 one week against a defense who only allows 11 points and then they meet that next week, that the team who scores 11 points wins like 70-something percent of the time, 80-something percent of the time. Odds in the Colts' favor, but I'm staying away from that game, Sam. I'm also staying away from Steelers minus seven at Eagles. The Eagles got a win against San Fran. They could be kind of not rolling, but kind of have some confidence. The Steelers are coming off a miniature unexpected bye week. I think that throws a wrench in their plans. And I'm also staying away from the Texans minus six and a half versus the Jags. 
A couple of reasons for this is, Sam, whenever you get a new coach, it can be like you're going out for recess. The coach is there. He wants to be your buddy. Um, and so he's going to let you do some crazy things. Practice maybe a little more fun because you don't have the guy in there that was losing all the games. That's why I'm staying away from this one. Um, I think the Jags can win. I'm staying away from, from the Texans-Jags matchup. Yeah, I'm there with you. I, I think the Texans minus six and a half versus Jags is kind of risky, considering you don't really make know the makeup of the team, whether they're going to exceed expectations or whether they're going to underperform under Romeo Cornell, I think is named the head coach. That's why I'm not playing David Johnson in this in my fantasy league, because I don't know what this offense is going to look like, considering they're losing their play caller in Bill O'Brien. The Jaguars' defense, as bad as it is, Gardner Minshew is still a viable starting quarterback, so I'm just worried. I'm just worried about the Texans at least this week. They could prove me wrong, and then I'll be high on them next week. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I'm just staying away from that. It's 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 a good call if you do that. All right, Sam. Anything else before we head out? Any games you're watching this week? I'm gonna pay a close eye on. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the Raiders Chiefs. I'm gonna watch how the Ra- Raiders offense can score on the Chiefs because I'm a little bit worried. I know you're you're a little bit high on them as kind of the unexpected team, but I have Josh Jacobs and I just watched this offensive line not be able to provide holes for Josh Jacobs and that worries me. John Gruden likes to run him into the ground and going up against the Chiefs defense that feature features D Ford and Chris Jones, like I, I'm I'm worried after losing two straight games I thought last week could have been a potential bounce back game for the Raiders. They didn't look the best and now you've got a Chiefs uh, offense who looked suspect against the Patriots but I expect them to be able to put up more points against the Raiders than they did the Patriots. Yeah, they, they uh, the Raiders started 2-0 and have lost two straight since. Um, but yeah, I, they, their offense against the Chiefs I think will be an interesting. This could be you know the AFC West race too. Um, and potentially knock off the uh, 4-0 and uh, Kansas City Chiefs. We'll just have to wait and see. All right, Sam, uh, let's get out of here. Game I'm watching, I'm watching Colts Browns, usual Colts fan, uh, but I'm also watching uh, the game. Where is it at? Um, I think I'm going to pay a close eye on uh, uh, Broncos Patriots if that happens, as well as Bills Titans if that happens. Um, I guess I picked two games that are kind of suspected in the air. Uh, I guess you could say I, I pay more attention to, to the Rams-Washington if those two games don't go, just because I want to see Jared Goff um, win again. I think the Rams are, are doing fairly, fairly solid this season, and uh, I think I think they can get it done at, at Washington against a team who's struggling, obviously, mentioning your starting quarterback in week four. All right, that's Sam Dillon. I'm Grant Covey. Follow us on Twitter, straight up Sports Talk, at Sports Talk at 6 on Twitter. Uh, that's where you get the latest episodes. Pod, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, they have all of our la- uh, previous episodes. If you want to go back and listen to it, be awesome. We're rolling here in October. We, we thank you for, for coming along for the ride, and uh, we'll talk to you on Monday, Monday Mayhem. Uh, don't forget to tune in for that, but have a great weekend. If you're listening to this, hopefully you listen to this on Friday, Saturday, whatever. Hope your weekend is going well. We'll see you next time.